Everybody, if you would, let's pray together. God, you are good to us. Um, I mean, just the fact that it's not raining today and it looks so overcast, and now you brought this breeze and this sun, and you've been so good, and we just ask that you would um, continue to show your might in our, in our midst, in our church, and in what you're doing in Hartsville and throughout the world, and we want to give you all the praise and glory that's due to your name. And we pray all this in the name above every name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, I know something real quick, okay? First off, we are out in the open, and so there will be many squirrels and things happening, so your attention span will be shorter. I know that, okay? Secondly, I know that there is food on that grill, and it's wafting your way. Thirdly, I know you brought something you want to eat, okay? And you want to see other people's things you want to eat, so I want you to know something. We are not going to belabor this, but I do want to start off by saying this. It has been my honor and privilege to be your pastor this last year, and I am overwhelmed by this. Thank you.
But we had to walk up a mile up and a mile down a mountain to get to recreation every day. And a couple of days we did that twice. And I had heard that this was a tough place to get in and out of. And I was like, yeah, whatever. And then by the time we made the walk the second time, I was like, oh, yeah, that's not good. <laughs> and there is a level of funk that collects on you at student life camp or any camp you go to that is a level that is, is hazmat worthy, okay? We were all, all the boys, we had a good time, we were in the same room, but teenage boys, I love you guys, I don't, just, uh, this is love, okay? But you, you don't shower enough, and, and when you do shower, or when you don't shower, you think Axe body spray covers the sink. That is not true. It compounds it, okay? I, in fact, one guy was going up, going around with Axe body spray, and I asked him, like, you know what that stands for? He goes, what? I said, girl repellent, okay? That's what that's for. So I want you to, like, the, the, the first day we had gotten there, we had hiked up the mountain, we had been in the car all day, we woke up early, and we got back, and that night, I didn't have a chance to take a shower, so it was the next day I got to take a shower. I felt inhuman until that water hit me, and it was like, Thank you, Jesus. You know that feeling. After you have had this out in the yard, been hard days at work, and you wash, and you are made clean, and that is only just a fraction of what it is to have your sins covered, because a sin is a lot greater than just dirt that accumulates on our skin. A sin is a stain that goes down to our soul, and it, and it corrupts the very core of us. But here is the great news, that you can be blessed. Let, let's read this again. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, cleansed, whose sin is covered, not to be held against you anymore. Verse 2, blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity. He doesn't count it against you. This is not assuming a perfection because we're going to get into verse 3 and 4 um, that there, this man has sinned. And we go on and it says, and in whose spirit there is no deceit. Verses 3 and 4, they talk about how this guy feels before he has confessed his sin. This is the idea of being convicted about sin. This is the idea of having guilt over your sin. And guilt is not a, not a bad thing. In fact, it points us to the one who forgives guilt. But at the same time, it weighs heavy upon us. In verses 3 and 4, it says this, For when I kept silent, that means when I didn't confess my sins, when I kept silent, my bones wasted away. Then it says, Though my, through my groaning all day long. If you've been around, if yesterday, after walking up those hills, when I got up in the morning, there was groaning all day long. My wife can attest to that. Verse 4, For day and night your heavy was heavy upon me. My strength was dried up as the heat of the summer, say locks. And so there's this, there's this picture that's painted. It's the blessedness, the happiness of this one who has their sins forgiven. And then on the other side of the spectrum, there's this one person who keeps their mouth shut, and they stay in their sins, and because of that, they feel like their very bones are wasting away. They feel this heavy hand resting upon him. And that is the difference between one who knows Christ and one who does not know Christ. The one who knows Christ knows the blessedness, the happiness, the joy of having your sins forgiven. The one who does not is over here in this other corner, and they have the heavy hand of God placed upon them. And that is a grace, because if you're feeling the heavy hand of God, it means that God is striving with you to show you you need Him. When I was in my last year of seminary, I developed a respiratory problem, and they could not figure out what it was. I went to the doctor, 
all the time trying to figure out what was going on with my breathing. I felt constantly like I could not get enough air. Thankfully, my oxygen levels were where they needed to be, but I felt there were several times I was sitting there at night, and I was like, Lord, take me home because I don't want to struggle to breathe anymore. But it's kind of like somebody was sitting on you. Now I know what exactly that's like because I have a four-year-old, and sometimes he will sit on my chest, and that is what it felt like. This is a struggle to breathe. There was a heavy weight upon me, and I want you to know that is nothing compared to the heavy weight of sin that can be upon us. And if you're experiencing that right now, I hope you know that that is from a good, good father to show you your great need of a Savior. And and, and Christian, let me talk to those who are believers at this point. Know this, that conviction from God is good because it points us to, to go after righteousness. And then here's where it gets really counterintuitive. In the last two verses, verse 5, says, the last verse it says of, of this little section, it says this, I acknowledge my sin to you, and I did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression to the Lord, and you forgave my iniquity and my sin. Do you know it's actually this verse, maybe the most, and then it says say law after that, which means like sit and think about this. We need to go home and sit and think about verse 5 because it's counterintuitive to how we think life should go. Let me tell you exactly what, what I mean by that. In, verse, in, in, this last, in this last verse, let's go back to Adam and Eve for a second in Genesis. When they had sinned and God called out to them, where are you? God knew, okay. Wasn't like God. They were playing hide and seek, and he was like, "Where are you guys at?" He knew the question was meant for to show their guilt. Honestly, and where are you? And they walk out, and what did they do? They were they used to be naked and unashamed, which none of us can even fathom that, and it's probably best that we don't. Okay? They were naked and unashamed, and then the sin happened. They mistrusted God, and then what happens out of that? They try to. Cover their nudeness with like leaves and stuff. Like he can't see what's going on. The Bible's pretty clear. Whatever you try to hide will find you out. And whatever you confess and, and whatever you give to the Lord, he will cover. And that is, the, that is so not the way we view things. You've been, you probably been, maybe happened to you today. You, you got try to get in, in the car with your kids to come to church, and they are awful. I mean, they're drawing on the walls. They got a chainsaw out. I mean, it's bad. Okay? Okay? And you're like, get in the car! Okay? And you're all yelling at each other, and then by the time you get out of the car, you're like, put on the church face! Okay. And how you doing? Oh, we're great. She's <laughs> been reading the Bible with her children all week. <laughs> Liars. <laughs> Liars. And we think that the way to be a, a, a believer, one who follows God, is to cover all our iniquity. You can't cover it. You're going to do an awful job. And then the Bible says, blessed are those whose sins are covered. And if you keep silent and don't, verses 3 and 4, it says, it's just going to be a heavy hand weighing upon you. 
Verse 5, it just says, this is amazing. And this is, it actually uh, corresponds to 1 John 1, 9. It says this, I acknowledge my sin to you. It's embraced the accusation right here. I know my sin. God knows. He made a way. He made a covering in Christ. I know. I acknowledge my sin to you, God. I did not cover my iniquity. I didn't try to hide it. I got real. I got honest. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And it says, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. 1 John 1, 9 says this. We went through 1 John a while back, but this is a great verse. If you confess, if we confess our sins, tell him. He is faithful and just. Why is he faithful and just? Because he paid the penalty for sins on the cross. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just because of the cross to forgive us our sins and what? Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Christian life is not about perfection. It's about running after the one who paid the price, the perfect one who died for us. It's not about perfection. It's about confession. It's about confessing our sins. It's not about just confession. It's about following and running after him and making our life about him because there is cleansing and freedom and blessedness in acknowledging our sin, acknowledging the screw-up, and acknowledging that, but trusting in Christ and following after him in love. We are not after perfection, but we are after Jesus, who is perfect and died on our cross. Died on the cross so that we might be perfect. And so today, you don't have to hide. You don't have to try to fit, like, pretend you're better than you are. What you have to do is follow Jesus. What you have to do is confess your sin, turn away from those things, and follow after him. You don't have to be perfect. Good news, you don't have to be perfect to be on the journey because we wouldn't be here. Okay? I'd be the first one out the door. Amen. We do not have to be perfect. Amen. We do not have to be perfect. But we have to love Jesus because he is the only way, the only way our sins can be covered. The only way we can find joy in the fact that we are stained in sin because he washes it away. There is joy that comes out of the darkness. And so we get to do this. We get to do this amazing thing today. We get to come here as not perfect people, but loved by God, forgiven by God because of, of our, uh, because of what he's done and because our confession of sin he covers us, he washes us, and we can enjoy hamburgers and hot dogs without the guilt of shame covering us because he paid it all. And so this is like, it frees you up. You don't have to be perfect. You just got to love Jesus. And we can eat hot dogs and hamburgers for the glory of God, knowing that. That's what we're about to do. We're going to pray. We're going to sing. We're going to do communion together. And then we're going to join at this table over here that is sizzling and grilling right now. Okay? Let's pray. And we'll, we'll sing. And we'll, we'll do communion. God, thank you so much for your grace to us in Christ. Thank you that we, we know we're not perfect. But we know the Son of the perfect Son of God died on our behalf that we might be the righteousness of Christ. We might be right. God, help us walk in that freedom and help us proclaim that freedom and that grace. And God, help us confess our sins and help us lead other people to confess their sins that they might know Christ. You are good and your love endures forever. You are gracious beyond measure. We don't deserve any of your goodness, but you give it to us freely in Christ. We thank you for this time. We ask you bless this food that we will receive after we 
uh, sing into the Lord's table. We thank you for it. In all things, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.
motivator. And the facts of Christ's coming, the facts of his return, the facts of his rightful judgment, the facts of our sin, the fact of that we can come, the facts of, of this of all of this story that we've been, told, we've been talking about of, of the Bible, creation, fall, redemption, restoration in Christ, in light of that, it gives us motivation. And this, the, the motivation we have first is to share Christ because there is a judgment coming. And how much do you have to hate someone not to want to warn them of the danger that is coming? And so we should warn. Now, I'm not... I'm not advocating us going on the street corner with bullhorns and angry signs, okay? Because that's how some people believe you tell, you tell this story, but it is not. It comes through sacrifice and love and, and continually preaching the gospel. It doesn't come in any other way. So share this. This is true. If it's true, God put a, put a real smell of hell and fire and brimstone in our nostrils so that we know that those around us are perishing and that they need this good, no, good news, that their deeds are damning. But the grace of God is real and active, and it is something that we could come embrace the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and we could be transferred from the kingdom of death to the kingdom of life. And we should share that everywhere. And then finally, this is, my, this is the last point, and it just makes this all, all worthwhile. There is a, do you notice there is a sense of ought about justice in us? We see injustice everywhere. Let's look at both political parties and the injustices that they see, okay? On the right, you have this idea that refugees, they should not get the same benefits as American citizens. And there's outrage and there's anger about that. On the left side, it's people shouldn't have money, that much more money than the rest. And they're outraged about this. So there is a sense on both ends, both on the right and on the left, that we're getting hosed and we need justice, we all want that, not just in these political realms, but in other things. We've been wronged. What's we we got to have justice now. That guy, he cut down a tree that was on my property line. Justice. First off, just pump the brakes a little bit. You don't want justice now. Because especially in the, in the sense between you and God, because unless you're in Christ, justice is bad news. On the other hand, the idea that the ought and the want for us to seek justice points to the fact that we all do want God to judge sin. We just don't want him to judge our own. And when we, when we embrace the fact that we can be in Christ, that we are condemned and that we only hope we have is in him, it changes the game. And we do want to see justice, but we understand it in the right regards and realms, and we see it as something natural, something we can speak to anybody, anywhere, because everybody has the sense of injustice, but they don't understand how justice can, can certainly be served. And so here's the good news. Once we get all of that understood, it will lead us to forgiveness. Understanding the judgment of God will lead us to forgiveness. Why? The sin that someone has done against you they will either pay for, and God will know how to, how to do that correctly because he is the impartial, good judge. He'll take care of that on them or the evil sin, wickedness they did against you. If they're in Christ, he's already paid for it in Christ. 
so you don't have to worry about getting your comeuppance. You don't have to worry about them knowing my pain. You don't have to worry about them knowing the injustice. They will one day. It'll either be visited on their head for their deeds done, or what we pray for, what we hope for, what we long for, because we're all in the stage condemned, but we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness and death and, and eternal hell to the kingdom of light by the great Son of God. What we want everyone everywhere is to have all of their deeds covered and paid for by the Son, Jesus. So when someone does this wrong, our natural inclination, inclination is what? You hit me, I hit you back. But not just hit you back, I want to hit you back with brass knuckles, okay? That's why the eye for an eye thing first even came in. We want justice to be served. It's something right and ought in us. We know that to be true. But when we come to Christ and we trust by faith that any injustice that was done to us, it will be paid for one day, that will open up the door for forgiveness. You don't believe me? Jesus on the cross, the greatest injustice all the time, what does he say? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Stephen, the martyr of the church we looked at, he preaches Jesus. All he does is preach to them, tells them about Christ, tells them about their sin, tell them about what he'd done. You know what they decide to do? We don't like that guy's words. Let's kill him. So they kill him, and as they're killing him by throwing rocks at him and bludgeoning him to death, what does he say? Father, forgive them. Don't hold this against them because they don't understand what they're doing. You can't forgive. Ultimately, if you think you still have to, that sin still has to be paid for. You have to trust God's good judgment. Either it was paid for by Christ or they will pay for it one day. And you don't trust your vengeance, but who do you trust? The one who is right and good. We can forgive. One of the things that can derail a life, a church, a body of believers is unforgiveness. I've seen it personally in my own life and some unforgiveness I've harbored that God has had to work and chisel out in me. I've seen it in churches, unfortunately. And unforgiveness can be a cancer that eats us away. We need to be about sharing the gospel because judgment is coming. We also need to be about forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven us because in so doing, we show the greatness of Christ's forgiveness that we owed we, were, uh, we are owed everlasting punishment, but we get, because of Christ and his grace, everlasting life. So on this Memorial Day, this weekend, you might need to make a phone call of forgiveness. You might need to first off go into a prayer closet and pray and seek God and say, God, help me to forgive. And I want to take this day and you want to pray because Memorial Day is a sign we remember those who have passed on. We want to pray and, 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 and plead with God to save those who are around us that we know who need the gospel because judgment is coming before they pass from this life to the next. So this is a call to pray. It's a call to forgive. It's a call to share. And it's a call to trust. I do this my son all the time. We were up at the playground the other day, and it had rained. And for some reason, Judson does not like to get wet or muddy. 
he's a little boy. I don't understand it. But and his mom's always telling him, "Go get money." I'm like, "You're an awesome mom." Yeah, go get money. He's like, "I don't want to." So we got. He climbs up. We're over here at the Hartsfield Park. He climbs up and he gets on the green slide and he starts to go down. And then he realizes it's like super wet. And he's like, oh, I don't want to go down the slide. But then he's caught in this conundrum, okay? There's this long ladder, and he's still not good at the back and down a ladder thing. And he's like, I'm going to fall off the ladder. And then the other way is like certain, oh, wetness, okay? He's going to love that I told this story when he gets older, okay? And so I come to the, I come to the ladder, and I say, come here, Judson. And he's shaking at this point because he knows he's going to have to go down the ladder because the water is something he cannot abide. And so he's right there at the ladder, and I said, Judson, come here. I got you. Don't you trust me? I do, Dad. And he just jumped off, and I caught him. It would have been really bad if I had not, but I did. It really would have been. And I caught him, and I put him down, and he just ran off on his way. And it just made me think about that. Do we trust that God's going to get it right, that he's going to judge rightly, that he's going to do right by us, that he is going to do right. He's going to judge according to the sins, and not other than that. He is going to do right by us. He is right and good, and he is strong and powerful, and he will judge. I don't know when. I don't know how long. You don't either, but I do know something. He is good, no matter what. In the good times and the bad, in his judgment, he is right and just to judge. In his mercy and grace, he is beyond right and just to do that because he's the one who paid the penalty. God is right. He is worthy of our full trust. Trust enough to forgive. Trust enough to share Christ. Trust enough to come to him forsaking other things. He is trustworthy. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your goodness in Christ. Thank you for all that you have done for us. And we pray that we would, we would know the fear of the Lord which leads to wisdom, that we would share Christ and we would forgive because Christ has forgiven us. We pray in the strongest name, the name above every name, the name that when, it, when you come, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. We asked this time that our deacons would come down forward, and we are going to this time, and if our elders in the building come on up, uh, we're going to pass out our offering basket um, baskets, and as well as we're doing that, we have some, we'd like to recognize a couple of graduates, so, um, gra- oh, we got you both here, cool, cool. Uh, Christina Coker, if you come up, and Stephanie Tackett, if you would come up here, please. We would like to do a couple of things. These, these ladies have graduated from Trousdale High School. Yeah. There you go. Come on up here. We have we have gifts for you. And uh we're gonna pass these around. And we're gonna ask as a church body, right, what what are your plans? What are you gonna do after? Cool. She's going to TCAT, she's gonna be a nurse. This is Christina, she's gonna be a nurse. All right, what you got going on, Stephanie? Awesome. Lipscomb University major biology doctor stuff, it sounds like biology maybe. I don't know. Put you on the spot in front of everyone. Good. Good job, Matt. So uh, on the behalf of the elder team and, and the whole church here, we want to congratulate you, you ladies on a job well done graduating, and we wish you the best for your future. And we're going to have Tom actually voice a word of prayer for you, and then Kevin's going to give us some announcements. Join me in prayer.